What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And today, I'm joined by the guy that honestly is the reason that this podcast exists. So I'm not even going to waste my time getting into everything yet. I'm going to tell you about the other stuff in a second. But I'm so excited because I have Keith. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Cover your kids' ears. I've got Keith fucking Kalfas on my podcast right now. Mm -hmm. Keith Kalfas, what's going on, bro? What's up, Bobby Walker? Man, I'm so excited to have you. So listen, you know how it is with these podcasts and YouTube things. So let, let me just say a couple things real fast, and then we're going to get back to you because like, this has been a long time coming for me. So, so listen, guys, if, you, uh, uh, if you're listening to this right now, you might be watching it on Facebook, you might be watching it on YouTube, or you might be watching it or listening to it from iTunes. Uh, so what that means is if you're doing it on one of those things, the other two exist. So check us out on YouTube at the Journey of a New Entrepreneur YouTube channel. That's where you'll see a lot of my life just unfold, uh, me starting my business with my son, and us just going through, uh, well, uh, just going through the fire. And it's been freaking awesome, and it's really sucked at times. And if you just want to see kind of like a train wreck, that's a good thing to go watch. So if you ever want to see a train wreck, go watch YouTube. But let, let me let me tell you something. If you like people that win, go watch it too in a very like non-cocky way we're winners bro we, we're just doing the right thing so you can go watch it it's awesome facebook is a good place if you want to connect just go on there to the journey of a new entrepreneur facebook page you can shoot me a message just say hey bob what's going on you suck or hey bob you're awesome whichever you prefer i don't care and um and then of course uh, the itunes thing and last and then we're getting into business with calphus mr calphus here is um if you like this thing do me a favor and go, uh, go give me a review on iTunes. Just something you don't got to say anything, and you don't have to do what I'm about to say. But do this: just go in there and leave a review and say, "Oh my God, this is the best podcast I've ever heard in my entire life." Just leave a, re a review that says that. That's my only ask. So, anyway, Keith, um, take it from here. Go ahead, bud. What's up, Bobby Walker? Man, <laughs> we. Uh, uh, Josh, Joshua Latimer said, dude, you guys got to meet each other. So we hooked up. We we're both uh, totally busy and we plan to do this podcast, uh, a couple of weeks ago and, uh, we rescheduled and then we ran into each other at the automate grow cell live experience Yeah, and literally clicked instantly. Yeah. And well, went, dude, I, I fanboyed out too. I, uh, okay. So let's paint that picture. So obviously we both have like a mutual friend in Latimer. Now we're now we're friends. We're like I think we're best friends. Have you you've seen Step Brothers before, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think no, it's no. Actually, I haven't seen it, but I know you've never seen Step Brothers. Oh my god! I gotta well, see it. Huh? For anyone that has seen it, it's like it's time for me and Keith to go do karate in the garage. So you guys will get that reference, Keith. When you watch it, just know me and you garage karate. Okay, um, no. <laughs> but the, now the reference is lost on you. Um, but no, I, I'm sitting here and I'm at this event. The whole event was about like, uh, you know, really trying to conquer your business and, and get a business plan together so that you can hit your goals and all that stuff. And on day one, you're going through your, your table and your group you're in and they're like, why are you here? And I'm like, I literally said, you know what? I was in the corporate world. I found out I was losing my job. For those of you guys that are listening to this, you've heard me talk about this story. Keith is the guy that was in the video. I said, I, I found out I was losing my job. I just happened to stumble across this video of this dude that walked through a Home Depot or a Lowe's and said, if you want to start a window cleaning business for a hundred bucks, just buy one of each of these things right here. He pointed them out. So I took my phone, went into Lowe's, 
pulled up the video. I bought two of everything because my son wanted to start the business with me. And, and then fast forward, here we are. Well, I, I told that story. And then like a couple of hours later, I look over from the table and I'm like, oh my God, that's the guy that it was in the video that I was telling you about. So it was actually really cool, man. It, it was like probably the best way ever to meet you in person. And it's silly because we got to hang out a bit and uh, you're a super cool guy. So it's always weird when you meet like someone that you kind of idolize and everything. And now I'm like, ah, he's not, I don't idolize Keith anymore. He's just my bro. You know, that's all we're just, we're tight, <laughs> but it was awesome, man. It was, it was a pleasure to meet you. I think we hung out in your hotel room to like 1am. We're not going to tell everyone what we were doing in there, but it was a lot of fun. So. Yeah. We weren't smoking weed or doing any <laughs> funny business, but uh, you were on the Untrapped podcast, and it was the perfect environment that uh, just came out. That's my podcast, mm -hmm. and that podcast went on for like an hour and 20 minutes. It was awesome, and we're already getting a lot of positive feedback from that. But yeah, dude, when I first, well, first seeing you, uh, I think of like kind of like a stone cold Steve Austin type character, <laughs> intimidating, and not that you you wouldn't like break somebody's head with your hand or something like i probably know. would if he was dating my daughter so, so there you go right victor victor if you're listening to this i'm watching you boy but um you when you started talking you're really speaking from the heart and then the more and more you talked you know you ever heard the saying like that person uh well he grows on you like that for you that was within five minutes of listening to you talk the biggest thing that hit me was you've been able to get really clear about sniffing out your own bullshit mm. and, and realizing like your own bullshit detector for your own bullshit is awesome because you, <laughs> you go, uh, 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 that's me doing that thing. Mm. And then you're able to like, like really move forward in, in personal growth really fast. And I was like instantly, um, you know, I admire a character like that because I, I, I struggle with things like that. So, mm. That's cool. Well, and, and on that note, and I don't want this entire, this is going to be the last like kiss up thing I say to you, but honestly, that's how I feel. That's why I think I um, connected with you before I met you is, you know, you know how it is, you know, you got, I don't even know how many tens of thousands of people that watch you. So of course you run into people and they feel like you're their best friend and you're like, Oh my God, are you a creep? And are you going to stab me? I'm sure that's probably, you know, how that no, goes. actually I completely get it. When I meet people at events and they're, you know, sometimes they're, they're, you know, people kind of crowd around and people just start da, 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 just talking so much. They forget that because, and I get it. Like if, if I watch someone's videos, uh, a lot of times I would have a lot of things I'd want to say to them because you know, YouTube or a screen goes one way. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I'm fully, I try to be open and as present as possible and say, yeah, I, I want dude, nice to know you. Like, cause I already know we're probably kindred spirits yeah. spirits where, you know, and, and yeah, I get it. Oh, that's, and so it's been great. So that's the last time I'm, I'm just gonna just, just ooh and all over you. So Keith, before we get into anything, I just wrote down a few questions that I've always wanted to ask you. I'm kind of going to go rapid fire. So I want you to give it thought, but I want you to give it like really quick thought. Okay. So, uh, you asked me when I was on your podcast, which by the way, thank you. It was, that was like a bucket list thing to do. Uh, you said, can I give you some rapid fire? So here's some back. I think mine's probably gonna be a little deeper than yours was. So but, but let's go quick, all right? Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. 
with chocolate syrup on top or just vanilla? Oh, dipped in the red cherry stuff. It like turns into like a hard candy uh, coating or whatever. There's like the chocolate red stuff. Okay. Amazing. I like that. All right. So best three songs of all time. Do you want to ride in the backseat of a caddy and chop it? You ever heard that? Twisted. <laughs> I do don't know that song. <laughs> I love that song. All right. So that's There's one. Uh, that's my favorite one. And that uh, second favorite song. I like probably Walking Away by Craig David. He's just like a UK artist. Mm-hmm. And then my third all-time favorite song. Probably something by like Journey or Eye of the Tiger. One of those motivational songs. <laughs> something like that. I love Journey. Yeah. All right. Uh, best Disney movie. Oh, God. Lion King. Please say Lion King. Please say Lion King. No, you pick your own. You know, actually, you know, you know, being a kid, uh, my my little sister had every Disney movie and she would get hooked on each one and I would have to watch it for a fucking month straight. And my mom would let her give it up. So I've seen every Disney movie way too many times. And so if you're going to be stuck on an Island for the rest of your life, oh, watch a Disney movie over and over for a, I've probably seen Aladdin 300 times mm-hmm. and it made me vomit the least. So probably Aladdin. All right. So, and then on to the follow-up to that is, can you sing the Prince Ali song for us about 10 seconds or so of it? Or how does that go? Come on. You've seen it like 300 times, man. I know, but you put okay. me on. You don't got to uh, see it. You don't got to see it. I can show you the world. <laughs> yeah. And then last question. This is where I really, <laughs> this is where I really judge people. I ask this when I do interviews yeah. for employees, this next one. Okay. And I, I always ask this. It's the very first thing I ask them. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 1,000 duck-sized horses all at the same time? So one horse-sized duck or a 1,000 duck-sized horses at the same time to the death? Well, either way, you're going to die. So I don't know. I, I think I, I could pick, pick the horse-sized duck. Really? So I think I could just like go to town on those little duck-sized horses i think i just kick it's them uh, it's an actual some some fact or something i don't know my dad's like some facts about geese mm-hmm. that a, a flock of geese can f- kill a full-size man that can take him down and kill him like 10 I 12 don't know, geese. But, but the 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 duck the horses don't have wings so they're, they're just kind of like gallop see i just think i could just kick them and step on them and i win Where so you I, think right have yeah. you ever seen a duck open its mouth have you seen the inside of a duck's mouth? Yeah, I've been bitten by one. Yeah, it's terrifying looking. Could you imagine if that thing was the size of a horse? I mean, his beak, if he was the size of a horse, it'd be like that long, man. I, I think you're absolutely uh, I didn't even think of that, yeah. Well, here's the deal, Keith. If I was interviewing you right now, our interview would be over. Uh, I'm talking about for employment because uh, I'm, I'm not going to hire a guy that thinks he could beat a horse-sized duck, but it's cool different strokes you know we're not all the right fit for each other just if you move to orlando don't come talking to me about a job so that's That's awesome that's that so (laughs) so listen man um journey of a new entrepreneur it's about uh it's about that very thing you know i can't really get any deeper uh if I don't want to hear about like how you formed an LLC or how you, you know, the, the equipment that you use to get your landscaping business up or the, the camera that you use for your YouTube channel. I kind of want to hear about like, you know, Keith Kalfas and what it's been like to do this thing. So before we get into any of that, give us like maybe a, a 90 second, you know, 
I was, I was broke hanging out with Eminem in Detroit to where you are today, you know, and like all that good stuff. Cause you're from Detroit. Are you from Detroit? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so t- tell us a little bit about you for anyone that doesn't know who you are. I'm Keith Kelfus. Um, a, a broke kid from Detroit who grew up with no mentors. Um, nobody who taught me anything about running a small business. Uh, a lot of negative people mm-hmm. grew up around uh, drugs and alcohol, even though I never got into that myself because I've seen the results of it and it just scares the daylights out of me. I've lost my best friends. Um, to heroin overdoses, gunshots to the head, like suicide, um, uh, depression, drinking themselves to death. Um, my own mom died of a heroin overdose. Um, and I found myself, you know, the first 27 years of my life broke working dead end jobs. And, uh, and the thing that saved my life was, uh, Sides for Christ was, you know, listening to thousands, I'm, I'm sorry, hundreds of audiobooks, And I found my mentors through books and not to interrupt, most, but how yeah. old were you when you started doing that? When you started, I listening? was like 18 years old and I was paying my friend cash to download like to pirate, like success books from like Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar, Deepak Chopra, Anthony Robbins, personal power. So I would like listen to music for half the day on my head. First I had a the cassette Walkman mm-hmm. and I would burn through batteries. And then we get the disc man. And then we finally get to MP3 iPod and I would listen to music half the day. Some of those songs I was talking about. And then the other half of the day I would listen to audiobooks, and you know, that stuff totally weirded me out because then I couldn't relate to anybody by the time I was in my early twenties, I was very alone. And, um, I think by by the time I got to like multi-level marketing programs where I was going to like these conventions and getting around a bunch of other weirdos, uh, that's where, that's where it all began. Wow. Now, how old were you when you started doing that? 18, 19. Oh, so same time. So around this, you started getting, what even made you start listening to an audiobook? Like what, what made you say, ah, I'm going to go read something or, or listen to something? I have this uh, buddy named uh, Chris Taylor. So I was working two jobs. I'd landscape all day, work at Home Depot at night. And I was like, you know, this guy's cool, but why is he trying to become friends with me so fast? And he slips me this book called The Parable of the Pipeline by Burke Hedges and a a cassette tape called The Dash and another one called something about e-commerce. And I went home and I listened to it. He he also loaned me the book called uh, Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. So I'm like 18 and a half, 19 years old. And I listened to this cassette tape and it just, I was like, oh my God, this is everything I've been looking for. You know, I take that. Wait a second, man, you got my brain going now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you got any more of those cassette tapes? And before I knew it, I was getting around all these these people who had stacks of these cassettes and I was spending my my money on them. And I was hearing things by like guys, the guys from Amway and Gary Haugen and uh, Casey. Is it your new drug? I mean, is, that's kind of what it sounds like. Is like, you know, you it was amazing. got any more of those tapes? <laughs> that's Dude, awesome. I was addicted to mm-hmm. listening to motivational cassette tapes. Yep. 
And then, so, so you're working at Home Depot, you're working for some other dude. Uh, you start listening to this stuff, which I'm assuming is the beginning of you kind of changing your mindset, I'm assuming, right? In life, kind of? Or? Uh, it was just, it was a bunch of information that was going in into my head, but I wasn't able to actually integrate it mm-hmm. and connect it because I had a huge disconnect probably from childhood pain or something. Um, huge i was a late bloomer when it comes to developing i guess you could say man consciousness Mm -hmm. um i think it could be probably with uh not having a strong father figure in my life something like that yeah but i can relate to i don't know i don't know if i want my like wife to hear this or something you know but i probably had like you you don't got to say anything you don't want bro so you know it's just like No, I'm going to say it because I think it's important because it brings value. Okay. I mean, what am I doing being 18 years old, being in a long-term like relationship, you know, having maybe a girlfriend back then or something like when, when I should have been just strictly focusing on staying in college and hustling my ass off. And I was, you know, I was working 80, 90 hours a week at the age of 17, 18, 19, 20. I mean, I had my own apartment when I was 18 with like, you know, like I, I was always a hustler, dude, Mm -hmm. but there was always just massive anxiety and frustration and pain. I felt I had no stability. I've lived in, I I counted, I've, I've lived in 37 different homes and I'm 35 Wow. and I've slept in my car. I've slept on people's couches. I lived wherever I could. I lived in people's basements and I, I never felt like I had a home, you know, and, um, I've had like, I counted to, I had 32 jobs as well. I've gotten fired from every job under the sun, you know? Um, so I was always looking for, for home and it didn't exist. Like even right now, like my, my wife and I are married six and a half years now. We live in this, this condo and she even brings it up sometimes. Like I, I, I I'm like nomadic by nature. It, mm-hmm. I don't get attached to where I live or what I drive. I don't give a shit because I know any second it could be gone. So it doesn't matter to me. I could up and move at the split of a second. I don't feel home. And I think that sometimes weaknesses or things like whatever you would perceive that can be your greatest strength. Mm-hmm. With some people I meet that are like, I've lived in the same house my whole life, or I maybe moved twice, or I've lived here since 19. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Well, how do you feel about that personally? Do you like that? I mean, do you like, uh, do you view that as a weakness or do you view that as like, Hey, this is just my, how I do it. You know, it's just, I'm not attached to this geographic location I live in. Is that cool with you? You know what? I think that I'm super thankful that every, I wouldn't change a thing about how my life has gone. It's, it's amazing to me because whatever gave me this obsessive drive and hunger and desire to communicate with people, I love communicating with people. Um, my wife and I, on Tuesday nights, we do like a date night. We go out to eat and uh, so she knew the waiter from somewhere because she used to work somewhere else and... And this guy, like, he seemed kind of down. Like, he had got, he said he got in a bad car accident a year and a half ago. And I could tell just by the vibration of talking to him that he was dealing with some uh, 
like neuroassociative residual trauma from that. And it was just like, my heart was like, and I, and I went over to the side, the restaurant wasn't busy. They were going to close. And I started talking to him almost in a hypnotic way. And, and I was able to feel like, and understand that he has like a post-traumatic stress disorder from this bad car accident. Like, he, hmm. I mean, I'm talking a glass went through his face. It ripped his face off. He had to get reconstructive surgery and stitches and it all healed well. And like, and, 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 so I told them about the story of how Brennan Burchard is a guy I follow got in a car accident and there was like blood all over the hood. And he was like standing there in the moonlight and he knew that he was going to die. Like I, myself, I've been in seven car accidents. I've got my wow. own PTSD about this shit. And, and I, and there's certain blocks that can happen that literally stick with you and you can be stuck somewhere in the past and part of your psychology to where now you can't emotionally get through that barrier and you're watching other people that you know become successful and you just can't fucking do it and you don't know why. And I believe through certain, you know, you can go through regret, regressive hypnosis therapy or you can uh, do certain meditations to unlock that. Um, when I went to this thing called the High Performance Academy with a friend of mine named DJ Carroll back early this spring. Uh, Brennan Bouchard, it was like a thousand bucks a ticket. It was in California because I'm from Michigan. And it was a four-day event all about overcoming personal challenges. I mean, I've got 65 pages of descriptive, in-depth goals. And I cried like 11 times. He took us through this thing where we were like running across mountaintops. And we saw all these versions of ourselves waving back at us. I'm just giving you like the short. like Yeah the 25 year old, you, the 30, the 33, all the way up to like a 70 year old man. And then you finally get to the edge of the mountain and then you, there's a grassy knoll and you see your whole family there and you see this old man and it's you. And he's, he's like 72 and you walk up to him and he's happy and he's healthy and his eyes are bright and he shakes your hand and he says, you made it. Like everything's okay. You're surrounded by your family and love and you're, and, and everything's fine. Yeah. And you look back at your whole life and you see all these yous on all these mountaintops, right? And you realize that, oh my God, everything is going to be okay. I can crush it. And he has you go all the way back. And like the whole audience of a thousand people are crying, right? I was yeah. shaking and crying. You go all the way back to the 35-year-old you and you're still young as shit, <laughs> right? You're like, and, you, and, and you're like, you're sobbing and crying because you realize that, Oh my God, I don't have to be afraid, right? And all those yous are waving on all the mountaintops for the next like four decades of yous, right? Mm-hmm. And because if, and if I could parlay that into like, we're all afraid that like, I don't know, how about I talk for myself? Like, some of us are afraid we're going to end up broke. We're going to end up through bankruptcy. We're going to lose our business. We're going to get divorced. We're going to end up living in a dumpster. We're going to end up, you know, getting sick and dying early. Um, whatever that is the the part of the brain that protects you from uh, from death mm-hmm. uh, you got like the triune brain it's the fight or flight response the amygdala fires it keeps you in a fight or flight reaction and now you spend most of your days in ty- in this type of hypnosis where you're you're just in you're you're in sur- survival mode and you're not even aware that it's controlling your whole fucking life and you become like a you become a robot um so if you spend your whole life trying to avoid death then you never really lived, um, I'm, I'm really obsessed with this. And I think that if people could take the meat hooks out, if people could uh, like, like the matrix unplug that thing and get themselves to a place 
where they have absolute clarity about their purpose, they could drastically change their lives like in a heartbeat. Dude. What, did you have a cognition or something? What's going on? Well, first off, you're making my brain explode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, so we've completely derailed, which is fine, which is like, I don't want to. We've completely derailed from the, hey, you know, tell us a little bit about you, but I'm cool with that if you're cool with that. So I want to share something with you. And I'm being honest, I really don't even want to share it on, with the podcast, but I'm going to. I think you're a guy that will kind of get it. And I've shared this with some people before. And it's kind of embarrassing because like, I had a dream one time. And this dream, you know, I've told my story before where like, you know, I had my kids when I was really young. Uh, we were, uh, I think I was 19 when my first son, you met Caleb uh, when he was born. And I mean, I was a good dad and all in the sense that I was loving and there, but I was immature and I played video games more than I did anything else. And I didn't have, I didn't fight for my career and do a good job as a bad employee and all this stuff. And, and I was in my late twenties and I started to kind of like realize that I was, um, I didn't have a future. You know, I started kind of realizing like, whoa, 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 the day's going to come where I won't want to work anymore, you know, or but I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to work till I'm like dead because I don't have a plan and I didn't know how to create a plan. So, uh, I was like, Whoa, 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 the time's going to come when like, I'm not going to have all this uh, good quality time with my family to look back on because I was playing video games instead, but I didn't have the discipline and the desire, I guess, to stop doing those things. And so I wasn't getting like hope. I was getting kind of hopeless, you know, in, in a lot of ways, because I was like, well, I guess my life's just not going to turn out the way it should. And I tell, I've told people a few times, I, I, I grew up overnight and it was with this dream. So I'm going to share it with you. Anyone that's still listening right now will like this because everyone else probably tuned out <laughs> a long time ago on this hypnosis stuff that I don't understand. But um, so I, I'm having all these thoughts and this is like the most real dream I've ever had in my life. So I go to bed one night and just the next thing you know, you know, there's like, I, there's a setting of like a hotel room or hotel room, a hospital room. And I'm in the bed and I'm, I'm not seeing the room. I'm, you know, I'm the guy in the bed and my wife is sitting in a chair in a chair and it's an old version of her. She's got gray hair, long gray hair, and she's just sitting in that chair. And I, so I, I wake up and I see her and I'm like, okay, that's my wife, but we were like 27 and now she's like 65. What's, what's up with this? And I wake up in her eyes. She just like gets super excited. She was like, Oh my God, you're awake. I'm like, Whoa, what happened? She goes, dude, I'm getting goosebumps telling this dream. This is so weird. She goes, Oh my God, you're awake. I'm like, what happened? She goes, you've been in a coma since I was like 27. And now here she is, you know, now I know that's a little silly and this is the part that's kind of kind of embarrassing but so I've been in this coma for what 40 years or whatever and then she yells and my children walk in and they have their spouses with them which I didn't recognize and they were all happy to see me and I think what had been happening was I like had this fear that I wasn't going to be a man that would be like loved and remembered you know, cause I just wasn't like doing a lot with my life. So I think that's, so like they were happy to see me and it kind of surprised me and they were like, Oh my God, dad. And I was like overcome with joy. And this was like 
so real and the, the emotions were just fucking there, right? It, you know, even though it was a dream, I'm really feeling these emotions and I'm like, oh my God, my wife, she waited on me. She didn't go start another life. My kids, they're, they're happy to see me. And I don't know what the heck happened over the last however many decades, but I've got a new lease on life. I have this new life to live. And there was like this, like, this kind of like a teary, joyful moment. And <laughs> the doctor walks in and with no tact says, Mr. Walker, I'm sorry to inform you, but you have cancer and you've got six months left to live. And a rush of thoughts hit me and, and I woke up. And I woke up depressed and I remember like the, the rush of thoughts that hit me was like, wow, I've got six months to make up for a wasted lifetime. You know, it's like, you know, I thought I had a lease on life and now all of a sudden life's over. And I, I don't think I had talked to a person aside from like a one word answer for two days. I went to work, people were talking to me. I'm just like crushed. And, and all it did at that moment was it like kind of gave me this, I was depressed. You know, I was like, oh my God, my life's just, I'm, I'm wasting my life. You know, my wife's, my life is wasted. I haven't, I haven't been the guy that my wife needed. I haven't been the, the father. Is this, in the, is this in the dream? No, this is real life now. So I'm you awake. woke up and you I woke actually, up when this the affected dog, you. Yeah, this is okay. affecting me. Yeah. So I'm going through real life here for a couple of days and I'm just like thinking, oh my God, I'm, uh, I, I screwed it up. You know, I'm, I'm like 28 years old and I'm just thinking, nope, I fucked up life life, you know, I broke it, you know, and then at one point during the, the second day towards the end of the second day, it was like, there was just a little switch and it just, and I thought, oh my God, it might be a day. It might be a decade. It might be four decades, but I can change this. You know, I was like, so I, I have an opportunity to fucking change this. And I made a decision at that moment that I was going to be the man I wanted to be and I was going to be the husband I wanted to be and the father I wanted to be and the friend I wanted to be. And that's when I kind of thought, you know, kind of came up with this whole thing that life is about memories. You know, it's like, we're all, you know, we're all going to die one day. So really what's life about? Well, if someone that you love dies before you, life was about all the memories that you have with them. If you die, your life was about all the memories you made for the people that you left behind. You know, really, that's that's what it's about. And what's a memory? It's a snapshot of right this second. You know, it's a, it's remembering this very moment in this very podcast that you and I are recording one day. And hopefully, when you and I part ways, Keith, we're both a little better off as a result of it. Dude, then right? that means if you understand this, then you will be so much more intentional about the interactions and emotions that you create when you're with people. It's exactly. And, and it did. And that was a pivotal moment in, in my life. And I've always been, I'm always hesitant to tell that story because I don't want to say my life changed because of a dream I had. Cause I'm not like a hippie kind of like, you know, psychedelic kind of dude, but, but it did like my life changed. And now at that moment, I still did a lot of stupid shit afterwards. And I did a lot of, you know, I didn't have a lot of vision and direction for my life from certain perspectives, but I did have a, a vision you know, from the perspective of like just the kind of human being I wanted to be. And then from that, you know, things changed and careers changed and, and, uh, you know, marriage got better and kids got better. And, and, uh, and then here I am chatting with like my new best friend, Keith Kalfas. So, uh, <laughs> so there's a lot in between, but, but everything you just said, when you were talking about all that, I thought, wow, this is like, 
you were talking about that story about, you know, meeting like your 75 year old you, and then looking back at all that stuff. And it reminded me of that dream where I was like, uh, that dream game, it's like, it broke me down. It like had to bring me to no hope, completely deconstruct everything. And then I realized, Oh my God, I still have this foundation and I can rebuild on it. And um, so I don't know why I just told you all that, but, but there it is. I don't have anything else to follow up with. <laughs> it's huge, man. You know what I love about what we're talking about right now is that it's not revolving around money. That's true. I think that um, I've seen, especially in the past two to three years, the polarization of attention. And it could just be my polarization, and I'm viewing it through this lens. So I won't take that out of my equation of my what I'm talking about right now. But it seems so polarized towards making money, how fast you're going to make more money, how much more money you're going to make and how much money you're making. What are you going to do to make more money, 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 money all over. It's like, it's so polarized in all different age groups. The, the, the obsession over acquisition of materialistic things and over money is so lopsided that it seems unhealthy mm-hmm. and and I'm not going to lie, I'm obsessed with it. I'm listening to a, bu- a book right now. Kurt Kempton re- recommended to me called uh, You Need a Budget. I got the app called Wine App. I'm obsessed with finances and pricing and making money and listening to Grant Cardone shit. I'm all over it. Like, yeah, same here. Because very ambitious. But it's to the point where I, it, like, at least I feel like I can't actually just fucking relax and have a good time without feeling like there's a motor running inside of me, rushing me like a fire on my ass. And and, and the fire's good, but um, people, well, you got to learn how to shut it off. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> where's the button? Where's the switch to turn that shit off? Um, you know what? Now that I'm talking about it. Ah, so you can be very, very intentional about that and then just have specific times of the day or the week that you consciously choose to just shut it off and completely unplug. And then that, that will make the times that you are turned on 10x. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Interesting. when you figure that out, <laughs> tell me how to do it too. So Keith, okay, I hate to even say this, but because this has like already been my favorite conversation I've had uh, well, not just on this podcast, but just in a long time. I know you've got a hard stop coming up here in just a few minutes. So I don't, I don't really want to like push this along too fast, but I know, I know you're going to have to, to get, because speaking of money, I think you have a webinar to, <laughs> to be on pretty soon. Um, so let's go back to what we talked about just so people can get to know you a little more. So you, you grew up rough. You grew up, I wrote down, you know, quote unquote, poor mindset you know, which is what I would say I had, you know, growing up in small town, Oklahoma, when you were young, uh, people struggling with drugs and depression and stuff like that in your life, you start putting positive stuff into your head. You started listening to people that tell, telling you that you can do stuff with your life and so on and so forth. Now today, I know you have uh, a couple of, well, actually more than a couple, you have like two service businesses and they're successful. Now I know you might, not want to say that because you know it's so stressful within it but 
they're paying the bills, bro. You know, you're doing good. You got a nice truck, you know, you got a house you're living in. And then you also have this other thing going on where you're like this, uh, what are you, what's the other thing? Like the whole YouTube and all that crap. What are you in that respect? Do you have a title for that? Yeah. Reframe the final question one more time. Well, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, there's the Keith that has the service business businesses. And then there's the Keith that does all this stuff on YouTube and Facebook and God knows what else. And I know you have a podcast. Um, what is that Keith? Like, are you a, are you a, um, social media star? Is that what you are? I mean, is that kind of sum it up for you? Um, I am a guy who is, I, I think I'm so polarized and am ambitious that I'm equally as frustrated mm-hmm. and to the point where I'm sometimes I lose gratitude and I get in a really, really, I get into these negative, uh, I just come out and say it. I, I know that I could, I could probably triple the amount of money I'm making very quickly, mm-hmm. but to the sacrifice of what? And I've gotten, I've gotten advised by, by people that I consider high level people. And the number one thing that they keep saying me is to me is, you know, stop doing the YouTube, stop all this internet stuff, stop all of it and stop it for a whole year and grow your service business. Okay. Um, But that's just looking from the outside because whenever I ask somebody who's deep into internet marketing and YouTube and all that stuff, they say, you need to stop doing your service business for like a whole year. What are you doing and grow your internet business? Yeah. And if you ask a doctor, he's going to tell you that you should, what are you doing? You got to go to medical school, become yeah. a doctor. You have to, a dentist, he's going to want you to go to dental school. It doesn't matter who you ask. If you mm-hmm. ask, uh, anyways. Well, so let me, and, let me follow up with this question. Cause, cause we're running out of time here. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you got, you got 20 seconds to answer this. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to time you. So let me, I, I really want this answer in 20 seconds and this is going to be a tough one for you. All right. So I'm going to put it on the screen. Stopwatch. Keith, what do you want to do? Oh, by the year 2020, I want to be the number one inspirational, motivational speaker in the world on YouTube. And I want to be a New York times bestselling author and doing $300,000 a month in, in, in revenue. Period. Boom. You did that in 15 seconds. So you've thought this through. It's written down somewhere. Huh? Oh, it's crystal clear. I know exactly what I want. That's awesome. Like I'm dead. I know exactly it to the fucking T exactly what I'm doing. Exactly what I want. I'm building a fucking empire and you can't see it. You can't see it because I'm building deep down where the roots are mm-hmm. and no, nobody can see that. And that's why I'm so frustrated. And it's because I, I it's, I, I know it. I know I have to stay this path and stay this course. And in the, in, in the times in, in the middle of the winter where, I mean, I shut down the whole service business and I lock myself in my office for weeks at a time. I shut off my phones. I get into deep levels of meditation. Um, I'm writing my third book right now and I know I'm going to hit a bestseller. Um, my books have already sold about 10,000 copies and I, I just, one of your I, books kept me like from wanting to, jump off of a bridge. I, I use not literally, I wasn't suicidal, but your uh, one of your window cleaning books, uh, 
made a huge impact on my life at like 2 a.m. because I was scared for my <laughs> scared for my family and read the whole thing in a setting. Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted awesome. to want to let you know that three confirmed suicides that I know that I know of have been prevented from my books. I have tens of thousands of emails of people saying my videos have helped them start their business, have fed a family, saved a marriage. Um, I, yeah, I'm not saying that I, this is I'm some you know, this is what they're telling me. Yeah. And it's those, those crazy ass videos in the middle of the night where this, this thing comes into my heart and I have to make the video. And uh, I believe that I have, uh, this thing, the, the way I communicate with people helps them have transformation just from watching a video when they're in a deep spot or a dark spot. Um, and other people can't see that fine. The video wasn't for them, but I'm really concerned by when I die one day, how many people's lives did I touch? How many people did I help? And it's, it's just so important to me. And I feel so driven by that, you know, and I love that technology has allowed us to be able to do this. So that's awesome. That's, that's exciting. Keith, I'm, I'm happy for you and excited for you. I know, you know, based off of our conversation, I know you're like stressed and I know you're feeling the grind and all that stuff. I see a dude that, uh, like when I saw you on, on your, your channels, I always wondered what you were really like. And I know the answer to that. It's you're like what you are on your, on your channels. You know, I, I was telling a buddy of mine that he and he and I have talked about you for the last, you know, 21 months while I've been doing my business and he started his and, uh, we were always like, I wonder if, I wonder if he's sincere or I wonder if he's genuine. And I think you're like the most genuine person I've ever met. Um, and, and, and I'm saying all this to sign off because I know you've got to go, but, um, guys, Keith Kalfas is, um, he is my friend. Yeah. We don't know each other well, but we, we, we connected and it's like, there's a, there's a certain like warmth and, and just like, um, passion and compassion that that you possess i wish i did i mean and i'm not saying i don't possess it at all but i don't know man i it, it was just cool and i i've i've really enjoyed the the little bit of interaction that we've had keith i look forward to being your friend going forward i can't wait for that project that you committed 100 percent to help me flesh out and, and do all the back end stuff uh so guys one that day project this- dude you're gonna do it and i already know this project we can't tell you guys. It's not. It's not me. It's it's his project. He told me about it. Ah oh, ha ha! It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be it's gonna awesome. help a lot of people. But Keith's gonna do all the heart heavy lifting. He already said he would, and and it's great. So I, that's awesome. But I, I kid, of course. And uh, but anyway, Keith, listen. Thank you for doing this. You you've got a, another minute or two. Uh, what do you want to share with someone? You know, your your last little like. You know, is there a book? Is there a, a bit of a? Oh advice? yeah. Is there, you know, you, you you are signing off the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast. So you're telling everyone goodbye with your, with your heart and your advice right now. Yeah, guys, this is the number one thing. Um, learn the Pareto principle and study it and then study it again. Spell that P A R E T O the Pareto principle. Um, it's the 80, 20 rule. And a lot of people have written books about it. There's a guy named Perry Marshall who wrote, a book about it. Uh, I learned about Perry Marshall from Sid Graff from Squeegeology. Mm-hmm. And it's mind blowing. You can literally make, you know, 10 times the amount of profit in the same exact damn neighborhoods where customers used to walk all over you and take advantage of you. You didn't make any more money by keep redef- redefining 20% of, of 
the productivity or profit in your business is coming from, you know, there's, I'm sorry, 80% of the profit in the business is coming from 20% of the actions. If you start looking at it like that, you're getting really crystal clear and go, wait a second. I'm wasting my time with these customers taking on these type of jobs or whatever this is. The more clarity you have around that is the more you can start to kind of skim the cream off the top. And, and, and the next thing that I'm really starting to see, if you're like, wait a second, only 20% of this, that's not enough work to fill up my pipeline with all high profit work. I got to do this bottom 80% too, right? Well, if you actually expand the whole equation geometrically, that 20% could be as big as the whole 80% if you bring more leads. So you got to bring, I, I'm going to draw this out on a video soon on a whiteboard because I've never seen anybody. This is so clear to me. It's becoming clear. It's not mm -hmm. clear yet or I'd be fully doing it, right? But I'm putting it into action now and I can't wait to put this video out because when you demonstrify the whole equation, you can see that say, say 20 leads out of 100 leads, well, that could actually be 200 leads out of 1,000 leads. 1,000, yeah. Yeah, you need to bring 1,000 leads in. You need to get your phone ringing off the fucking hook. Ring, 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 ring. No, 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 yes. No, 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 yes. And the more you can squeeze that out and just take out the trash, I mean, because my frustration is how do you build a profitable, legitimate business and scale up that? You can't fucking do it. it, it it's top down. You have to start with the sales mm -hmm. and the marketing and have enough money. Because if you look at an infrastructure, how the fuck did somebody build that infrastructure? You need money. It's like if you pour like a chocolate on top of like a, a fountain of marshmallows, <laughs> will it make it all the way to the bottom? <laughs> or if you put the ball on the top and it falls out of the bottom, if you put it, it, it won't unless the money is there. Money supports the infrastructure. And I have, I'm frustrated because I've spent the last X amount of years just working harder and harder. It's like somebody fucking works at McDonald's and you're working, I don't know, you're doing construction. You're making 30 bucks an hour. They're making 10 bucks an hour at McDonald's, right? Nothing against McDonald's, right? And they're like, how the fuck are you driving that brand new truck, bro? You're like, because I make 30 bucks an hour, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm working at McDonald's. I worked 80 hours this week and I still can't afford to break because you're working at McDonald's for 10 bucks an hour. But it's not clear to them. And yeah. they will literally like, there's, there's a book called uh, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer mm -hmm. Johnson. Like human beings are stupid. We will bang our head against the wall, keep doing things that don't work and we'll work harder expecting a different result. Like fuck all that shit. It's because we're attached to the survival mechanism that keeps us insanely trapped doing the same thing because we're afraid we're going to die so we can't see the truth because mm -hmm. we're driven by fear. So you got to take the fucking heroin needle out, the fear needle out of your arm and uh, like unplug from that thing, that fear thing, and get into a very quiet place and then it'll all come clear and consciously choose. Like I'm obsessed with this shit, dude. Yeah. So there, that's so, that's what I close with. <laughs> that's awesome, Keith. You you were supposed to be on your next thing thirty seconds ago. So where can people find you? I uh, just go to keithkelfis.com. All right, and then last next time you're on my podcast, will you sing that the the I can show you the world start to finish from Aladdin? I'm down. Let's do it. All right, we'll do it. Everybody, journey of a new entrepreneur. Check us out online. Keith Kalfas is freaking awesome, and he's my best friend, yo. Okay, that's that's a bit creepy. Maybe not, but we're about to do karate in the garage next time we see each other. So, Keith, karate in the garage. <laughs> Appreciate it. Peace out, guys.